yes, yes, yo, to the beach, yo, happy new year, 2022 in the house, welcome back to the Wonderland podcast, it's your oos on the loose, the ambassador of cool, the brown wonder about to hit you with episode 4, but before all that, you know what it is, do it for cancer.com.au My fundraising campaign for the Cancer Council Search for the Brown Wonder Your donation is a massive help And 100% all goes to the Cancer Council For research and awareness Financial assistance and many more services Look up the Brown Wonder and click on the donate button Special shout out to those who have donated so far I see you, absolute legends Much love yo Episode 4, let's get it So the original plan was to meet on the GC with my next guest, but due to the recent restrictions and shit show with the borders because of you know what, I thought I'd better keep my ass at home, mate. So we decided to have a video chat because I was too excited to not have him on the podcast. And after a few technical difficulties, we finally got it hooked up. And apologies for the audio quality because can't believe that no one has invented real-time video chat. Anyway, let's go. Big welcome to my special guest, the legendary Jay Thomas. Kia ora, my bro, what's up? Kia ora, kia ora, yep. Very good, thank you, brother. Uh, thanks for uh, setting aside some time to have a good old-fashioned uh, chinwag, eh? No, all good. Got there in the end, eh? Cheers, bro. Uh, so we connected through um, Instagram, eh? And just for the record, didn't even know who you were at first. I just saw your dreadlocks and pressed follow. Had no idea you were Jay from the culture days, eh? This fella. Yeah, I love most, a lot of people don't, bro. <laughs> You really gotta look. You gotta look close to see that that's me. But it's still good. It's good to see you still doing it. Eh? So let's take it um all the way back. Eh? Let's just take it from the beginning. Tell us where you're like your roots, bro. I want to know where you where you're born. Eh? Okay. Where you're from? So uh, I was born in Auckland. Pretty much grew up in Auckland until I was about thirteen. So through my primary school in Auckland, and before moving to Australia, moved to Queensland, moved to, moved to Brisbane. And did you, um did you move here with your family? Like your whole family moved over to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, we had a, a bit of family here already. We came over in, in, the, in the 80s and they had been here for, for quite a while. So uh, we came for a holiday. I think it was in like 80, 87 or something like that. And uh, the folks loved Australia. And so, so we made the move here. Yeah. yeah. And you're Māori? Half Māori? Yeah. Yeah, so my mum's Māori. My mum my is from, um, well, my mum's my family is from up north. Ngāpui from, uh, grand, grandmother's from a place called Okaiho in my my grandfather's from a place called Mangamoka, up north, and um, and my father's English, born born in England. Yeah, but I I think he moved to New Zealand when he was quite young, oh, yeah. like maybe six or seven or something like that. So grew up as a Kiwi, really. Yeah, yeah. And what was your like schooling and and life as a child in New Zealand like? Yeah, I guess it was just like anyone else. Well, do you remember much of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do actually. Um, so I grew up in a place called Pamua, near Pamua, Mount Wellington, and a little place called Point England. It's where where I did my my young, really young days, primary school and that. I guess just like any other, you know, Kiwi kid at the time. Troublemaker on the playground there? Or? Uh, not really. I don't, I don't think so. Back in the day, my see, I grew up my my old man. My old man was in the police force, so I couldn't actually uh, get up to too much trouble <laughs> when I was younger. Anyway. Oh damn. Yeah, bro. So not not re- not till I was a little bit older, but when I when I was younger, nah, just just the kid stuff, bro. You know. I guess like teenage, 
like those younger years, that's kind of where the like a musical influence yeah. or your musical growth happens. Eh? Yeah, I remember when I was in my teens, I was listening to the stuff that kind of shaped my music. Culture, what, were you, what was the kind of music you were listening to back in those days? So my, my first memories are, um, so when I was born, my, my father was in a funk band in Auckland and they were called Footprint. And apparently they were, they were one, of the, one of the big funk bands in Auckland at the time. I'm talking like 1975, you know, mid-70s when all the funk was around. So we're talking like, Average white band and uh, Commodores and uh, you know, but he was a bass player in a funk band. And then my mother's side goes back to the uh, Maori show band days with my uncles. So we're talking like the 60s, I guess, when uh, a lot of the Maori show bands started touring overseas and coming to Australia. And it must have been late 60s. So I basically had had music around me from you know from when I was born in the butt, I guess you could say. And so your your life in in Queensland in Australia, yeah. how was the change from coming from New Zealand to to Queensland? Ah oh, man, it was um, man. Be, as a young kid, bro. So as much as I was around music when I was young, I didn't really want to do music. I was I was uh, all I wanted to do, bro. When I was young, was playing the Winfield Cup. That was all I wanted to do from when I was about ten years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. And then. Um, so moving to Australia um, yeah. for me initially was very exciting because this is where the league was, you know, the rugby league was here. This is where the stars were, and yeah. as small-minded as I was as a child, it was just like, oh man, I'm going to where I can play league in the big time. So um, I was really excited to, to come to Australia, but it was a bit of a, bit of a culture shock mm. coming from from where I come from. Where, where the area we moved to, they, they, uh, basically there were no other there were no other Kiwis, let alone any other Maoris. Or Polynesians at all, so I, I was a little bit of an, a bit, bit of an oddity at school, but nothing too nothing too bad. Just you know, ignorance, you know. Mm. Uh, but I, I pretty much loved it for like from when I got here. And once I, you know, I got straight into footy, so I, got, I had mates straight away, and it was all good. So, you, so you had a crack at, at, at the footy game, or yeah, bro, yep. So I, I loved it. Eh? I was like, um, did you play junior reps or something? <laughs> a little bit, only only a little bit. When you had to start getting serious is when I sort of like, well, I didn't lose interest. I, I guess I did lose a bit of interest because that's when I got it. That's when I got involved in music, you know. That's when the other door opens, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm the, my coach is saying, come on, you got to knock it down. Now it's time to do this. I'm like, nah, a year ago I was in, but no. Nah. Yeah, it's all right. No, thanks. No, I'm mm. making music now. <laughs> no, nah, I mean. You're, you're, you're the same now, eh? You had a footy background too, eh, bro? Bro, pretty much. Pretty much the same thing happened. The the move to Australia, early teens, and then yep. kind of trying to have a crack at footy, and then music taking over, bro. That's it. But you were? Did you go to Sydney? Was it Sydney or, or Melbourne? Ah, uh, Sydney. Straight. To, I went. Came to Sydney. Oh, okay. But yeah, like the biggest thing for me was like the heat. Eh? As soon as I stepped off the damn plane, and the, there was like a, a a wall of hotness. Just not used to that shit. I'm from Windy Wellington, man. Far up. The thing that got me in Queensland was the um, the storms, bro. Man, it just comes out of nowhere. Have you have you had a have you been up here when there's been a, a storm come out of nowhere? Any tropical storms? Nah, nah. I, I've never been. I remember the first time we had a big storm. I was like, I was I was scared, bro. I was like, <laughs> like I was really scared. So tell me when um like the music kind of kicked in. Was there like a moment uh, or turning point or kind of yeah. light bulb moment mm. for you in regards to music? So when when we when we moved over, my uh, my folks they they started singing as a, as a duo. And my old man used to um, program his backing tracks. You know, now you just get the MP3s from anywhere. But back in the day, he had to he had to program them. Yeah. And he used to have this old Roland um, sequencer. 
I used to wonder, like, I was, you know, I started getting curious and how do you use this thing? Because he's making these beats, you know? Yeah. Like, simple, like, you know, not like major productions or anything, but just what they'd use for their backing tracks. So I asked him to, to just show me mm. the basics of how to use it. Oh, and he also had this um, keyboard too. Might have been an old Roland keyboard as well. They had the, you know, the, the built-in drum beats, like the bossa nova and the samba and all these. And so I started just <laughs> mucking around on those, you know, like... And the soft rock? <laughs> I think that's the one. <laughs> so I started just just mucking around on those, and it was when um, NWA when I first heard NWA, bro, and, and um and Ghetto right. Boys. When yeah, I first yeah, yeah. heard NWA and Ghetto Boys through my mate, boys. yeah, introduced me to them. This is when I was thirteen, and so I just used to play the beat, just press the drum beat, and then start mucking around on bass lines and not really knowing what I'm doing, you know. But and then seeing my old man use the sequence, I was like, okay, so he's actually putting stuff together. Okay, how do you do that? So he gave me a little, uh, a couple of, you know, things, uh, instructions, how to, how to do the basics. So I just started tutoring on that, bro, and uh, started, started writing, I guess, from, from the start. So really before I wanted, you know, I was singing or anything like that, I was like, I was writing, I started writing songs. From it to Vaz, obviously, but that was where I really, uh, I was like, ooh, mm. yeah, this is cool. I like this, you know? Yeah, the juices started flowing in. That's right. The, the crea- I guess the creative the creative side of things I was like I like mm. I like that side of things you know but, but, but in saying that I was always passionate about music as far as listening a fan of music yeah forever as long as I could remember yeah but um, when I actually thought about you know I'd like to actually do this was around yeah I'd say around and did you have like kind of a group of friends around you that were kind of vibing with you or into that same kind of music. Yeah, well, I, I, I did initially no, because like where I lived, there was really, um, bro, there was no, there was no black music anywhere. I don't know what year you came, bro, but when I came here, there was no nothing. There was no R and B. There was no nothing on the on the radio. It was just all rock. And so that's all my mates at the time. That's all they knew. Mm. Like I remember, like, Violent Femmes and uh, the the Radiators and like Aussie, you know, stuff like that. Diesel, Diesel. Who, yeah. Well, I really liked Diesel, but it, but back then I was like, oh. So initially, initially no, but you know, growing up on the music I did, a lot of reggae, a lot of like you know, old, like soul music, like R and B music, and all that, it, it never, it never left me. So I think slowly things started to change in Australia. You know, black music was um, becoming more accepted on the charts. So I, I remember when um, like Busta Move, when I first heard Busta Move on the radio, it blew my mind. Yeah. Because it was like rap on the radio. Mm. I mean, I was one of those kids, bro, that would um, stay up all night watching Rage. Do you remember? Did you used to watch Rage? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was one of those kids that would stay up all night, bro, just hoping that something good would come on. And then you'd be up at like two, three in the morning and waiting for it. was only ever like a an hour, two hour window that they play that kind of stuff eat. <laughs> so you'd have to sit through all the other, all the other kind of electro techno stuff. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like bloody Eric B and Rakim comes on, eat. Ah, damn it! Yeah, bro. Yeah, and De La Soul. They always just have this one De La Soul, like mini documentary thing they used to put on um, Public Enemy, Reddy Kingpin. These are the things you do bro. Like, on <laughs> Do the right, do the right thing. <laughs> but that's still a classic now. Come on now. So yeah, but that that I was one of them, bro. So I would um either that or you put the because uh, remember Rage used to go from like. 11 o'clock to yeah. like, you know, like 9 in the yeah, morning. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to bore people who, who have no idea what rage is. 
But um, used to put a tape in, bro. And I remember I had remember the long play um, VHS. Yeah, yeah. So you could have a four-hour tape and it would take for eight hours. <laughs> so just leave that running, bro. And the next day, Saturday, you'd be fast-forwarding. Fuck. <laughs> until you see some, oh, shit, here we go. Memories, eh? And then, then you just thrash that tape forever. Yeah, man. And you see those little yeah, lines. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> the little lines on the screening coming on. Oh, well, I'd even make compilations because I'd get another one and just do the dumps, bro, and like dump oh, the good yeah. ones onto the one tape and then thrash that tape. That's, that's serious stuff, that one. Oh, serious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, me, bro. So I guess this is kind of leading into the culture movement, I guess. Yeah. Because you, you were still young, eh? Yeah. In your teens. Yeah, I was. I was um, so oh, it's a long story, bro, but when, when, when culture... Got together, I was, I just turned 17. Yeah, I just turned 17. So when I was about 15 was when I, I started, as I said, started writing songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, you know, I started making a few different friends. And, oh, and, and, and started getting into the dancing as well, bro. You know, you know speaking of like Renny Kingpin, you know, that New Jack, because New, New Jack Swing started coming out too, bro. Velvet DeVoe. New and, Jack Swing, hell yeah, bro. Guy. Oh, phew, hard, bro. So that that just a just a little story, bro. The, the very first guy album, the very first guy album, their debut. I first heard that. I first heard. Um, remember Groove Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I first heard Groove Me in um, in in Auckland, bro. I was, I was asleep and I used to listen to my. Um, I was back on holiday and I was visiting my grandmother in Otara. She lived in Otara, and I had this. Um, and she had this little old radio with a purple. I remember with a purple radio, and I used to sleep on the couch and. I used to have the radio on at night. On it was like a community station or something. I can't remember. And I used to just leave it on. Anyway, this one night I heard the song start, and I was like, oh, man, "What is this? I've never heard anything like this sort of music before." And it was "Groove Me" by Guy. So I waited till the end, and, they, and like it's like five songs later, and they backtracked to talk about mm-hmm. what the songs were. Yeah. So this is when I was when I was fourteen or fifteen, and um, yeah, I heard I heard them say "Guy Groove Me." And the next day, I um, I begged my grandmother for, for some money, and I went down to the Manuko um, Sounds, I think it was, one of the shops, the music shop, and I went looking for that, bro, and I, I got that tape, and I brought it back to Australia, and I, I converted so many people to, uh, to New Jack Swing, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one had heard of it. I'd never heard of it. And so, yeah, um, yeah, just started dan- doing the whole, the dancing, bro, and, and you know, I think that the singing part of it sort of like came second, but uh, initially I just started started dancing some of the some of the boys around the area and started meeting people, going going into the city and going to the under 18s dances and things like that. Yeah, just started just started meeting people, bro, and uh, and then started a couple of I started a group at school. It sort of eventuated and yeah, went through a, th- a few different groups and a few different people. Yeah, over, over a couple of years and it ended up in Sydney and starting starting culture. It's a long story, bro. <laughs> oh, so you didn't actually meet. I thought you would have met somehow up in Queensland or something. No, no, we did. So three of us are from from Queensland. Oh. Three of us are from here. So the funny thing is, is that back in the day, it was assumed that we were from Western Sydney, but we weren't. We were actually from Queensland. Bro, that's what I always thought. Yeah. That's the record label machine they working. I think so. Because, I mean, one of the boys was. So um, Eric was from out, out I'm, not, I'm not quite sure where he, was, where he was from, but he was out west somewhere. But the rest of us were from Queensland. And we, um, yeah, we, we moved out just for the music. How did you actually get to kind of meet each other? So I was in a, um, I was in a, ba- a group called uh, Back to Basic. In, in, in Brisbane, which I, I'm guessing in Sydney, there would have been as well, and probably in Melbourne, there was this little R, there was a, a R&B scene here, bro. 
that's like really like not known about anyone. And so there was like four or five sort of like groups going around, either dancing and singing, or, or you know, singers or dancers. Or but there was quite a few different different groups. This was at the time of like you got to remember what was starting to get big was you know people like Boys to Men and um, yeah. I remember Shy, the, the acapella yeah. singing, and High Five, and all that sort of stuff. And so it was like it was really starting to starting to make an impact. So there was lots of lots of different groups going around, and. Um, yeah, I was in one group, hmm. and a couple of the other boys were in a different group. Yeah, and we just sort of like saw each other one day and connected, connected, and then um, yeah, sort of three of us sort of like splintered off and, and, and did our own did our own thing, and we we started a, a group us by ourselves, and um, and then and then how it unfolded again is another uh, another long story. Joe, Joe, one of the boys who was um, who was our main writer at the time, you know, he was. Uh, yeah, you know, really big influence um, early on. He he went to Sydney and um, sang at a nightclub, Madness. Do you remember Madness, bro? Maybe before my time. Yeah, true. I was a booty bar kind of guy. Oh yeah, booty bar. Yeah, yeah. Madness was like the big, the big one down in Sydney. Like the big, I think it was on a Saturday. It was like the big R and B club. Anyway, Joe 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 got Joe got spotted there by a guy who was um, starting up a new label. A whole new thing called um, Playground Records, Playground Productions, blah blah blah. That's sort of how we got into coming down to Sydney. So he he signed up uh, Joe as a as a writer initially, I think. But it's pretty crazy how it unfolded, bro. It was it was a lot a lot to do with yeah, true. You know, timing, talent, obviously, and, and blessings all sort of like mixed together. You know, kind of sounded like it happened pretty quick too, eh? Mm. At, at such a young age. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it did. So I I, I had uh, I was in my year twelve year. So I did year 11, and I was my whole year 11 year, I was sort of like, we started performing, I started doing gigs, and this is in Brisbane still, you know, just off and on, just sort of learning all of this stuff, you know, like first getting into the studio and that, I was mm. all of my sort of year 11, end of year 10 year. I, do, I went to one day of year 12, and uh, I remember I went in the first class, and I was looking around, I was like, Shh. and keeping in mind, like, uh, Joe had moved to Sydney, and, and Richie was about to move to Sydney, and I had to make a decision. I was still a kid, you know, but I, look, I looked around on that first day at school, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Yeah. So I got up and I left, and I went home. And I said, Dad, I'm gonna go to Sydney. Is all right? Yeah. Fine. Big call. Big, big call, bro. But you know, I was just young and um, young and fearless, really determined to um, give it a crack. Mm. You know, with this opportunity. So I, I hope, I hope I don't jump around, bro. It's just that there's, no, there's so good. much it's to good. the story, but. There was a group called Boys in Black. Do you remember? Do you, do you remember Boys in Black? Bro, Boys in Black. They were like Raro boys, eh? Yeah, Co- cookies. Yeah, and one Maori. So they were, um, they were, Mo, they were Mo Brown's uh, first signing. He was sort of like starting up a, a little stable of artists, you know. And like we, 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 we were sort of like the next one to come through. There was like a whole the the, the American influence and that whole movement. And then I remember just before coming to Australia that there was a kind of Aussie um, yeah. R&B movement that was that I kind of related to because you guys were all Polynesians and there was culture, Boys in Black, there was, who else was there? Yeah. Uh, past to Present, CDB, I guess. You can, you can throw those guys mm. in the same sentence too. And like at that time for me, like I was like looking up to you fellas because it was something kind of reachable. Oh, of course. Well, when you think about it, bro, there was nothing really, there, there was nothing like it before. So for us, we, we were like the first one to sign to a major label. So we signed to we signed to Warner, so it was like a big label, you know. We, we signed a five-album deal, you know. All of a sudden, you know, we're on we're on TV, 
you know, we're on TV, we're all over, all over television, all over the radio. You know, we're doing, uh, you know, all the all the sh- all the TV shows. There was nothing like that previous. Not mainstream. I can't think of any Polynesians that were, you know. Mm. So for a lot, I think for a lot of um, Australia was like, see, we, bro, we we were kind of looked. They they kind of looked at us as what they call us Generation X. And and, and if you look at the some of the old promo stuff from from when we first come out, like you know, we 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 were kind of like looked at as like the new the new Australia, yeah. you know, the new ur- urban Australia sort of thing. You know. Man, so when so when you look back at that time now, like how what like what do you see, or is there anything different you would have done, or was it even like a, a good time, even? Oh yeah, man, yeah, it was an awesome time. Loved every minute of it, definitely. Because you wrote Soul Feeling, eh? Yes, yeah, so I, I wrote Soul Feeling, but um, you know, also co-wrote um the majority of the, the other ones as well. So we all we all had a hand in uh majority of the songs. The Soul Feeling was my baby. That one I wrote, I wrote oh, Soul Feeling on this old ass keyboard. Uh, it was an organ actually, and it was just, it had only half the keys worked on this old organ. It was in my um, uncle and auntie's place I was living at in um, Sydney. And, and as far as because because reggae was always you know what I loved as, as well, I just thought it'd be cool to have, you know have have that kind of flavour. To be honest, I didn't really think about it. I just like started writing it, and when I took the initial idea into into Matt, a producer from uh, Mo Brown, love it. Boys will love it. You see, so I showed the boys and oh, bro, because. Because Shaka Jam was like like your first one, eh? Kind of breakaway song for you guys. Yeah. And that was before, right? Eh? Like yeah. the album. So Shaka Jam. Like you guys did that on your own. No, so, so, yeah, exactly. So when we, we, we basically had a year from when we moved, from when we went down there and formed as culture. Because then, like there was only, remember there was only three of us. There was Joe, Richie and me. We were the ones that moved from Queensland. There was another guy that was supposed to come, but he decided not to, he didn't want to leave home for whatever reason. So there was three of us. And Joe had met um, Eric down there. Right. And I think he met him at the same club, Madness. And um, so the first the first time me and Richie went down there, we went down to meet Eric and to, um, I guess, audition for Matt, who was the owner of Mo Brown. We caught the bus down, so it was very exciting, and we we're going down to yeah. you know to meet these guys. So Eric worked; he worked somewhere, and he didn't finish until eleven o'clock. So we're like, okay, we'll meet at um, Darling Harbour Basketball Courts. This is my first day in Sydney, bro. And so um, at eleven thirty, we, we met at the Darling Harbour Basketball Courts, mm. and we first met Eric, and we started singing together. Bro, we, we wrote a song that first night at, at the courts, and we sort of knew it was like, oh, we got something here. Two days later, we went into Mo Brown. Far up, yeah, bro. We sang, sang for Matthew, sang that song as well. We didn't have a name yet. We were still just, we only just, just met Eric. We didn't even know what we were doing, but we knew we were going we to do something. Yeah. Look, I used to always see you guys on TV doing something, like either touring overseas. I think you guys went to Asia, maybe? You guys were always on like Hey Hey It's Saturday. Yep. So I'm, I'm guessing like, like your fella's schedule would have been just crazy hell. Mm. Was there like a moment, was there a time that you just like, were like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore? Nah, bro. No way. I'm 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 17, turning 18, bro. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I was supposed to be at school, yeah, bro. I was just like, I was wide-eyed and like just going hard, you know, like just loving it, yeah. loving it. You know, when I think back now, I probably didn't take take in as much. You know, as you're older, you you probably do things a little bit different, or, or mm. uh, I guess uh, soak more of it in and uh, be aware of your surroundings and be aware of the business side of things and all of that. But we were living up the road from, from Mo Brown Studios and they got us a house to live in, an Ultimo, a terrace house to live in, which was a complete dump. 
man, it was it was hardcore, but it was only up the road from the studio. And whenever Matt wasn't working on something in Boys in Black, or I remember he had um, yeah. other acts. I remember he recorded Peter Andre in there as well. And we did the PVs on, on one of his tracks. Yeah, on his first album, um, one of his albums. Actually, no, I was sick. Actually, I was sick. The other the other boys did. And uh, anyway, whenever the studio was free, we'd go in. And um, you know, we had the opportunity to uh, have that studio, big, big, massive studio, which we wouldn't have had in Brisbane. We wouldn't have had that anyway. You know, it was just like, wow. So we made the most of it. And um, for a good year, that's what we were doing. We were working on demos with, with Matt as well, but also by ourselves. And so we had, by the time we signed our, our deal, we'd already had 80% of the album done. And Shaka Jam was done many, many months before. So the, the video that came out for Shaka Jam, we had done nearly a year before just with our own money. And that's the one that they used. So they got a, the, the company got a sort of ready-made group. You know, we, we were sort of like, we wrote our own songs, we co-produced our own songs, mm. um, you know, our style was our style, and they sort of like said, okay, well, be you. Yeah. That was the first album. Anyway. So you were the dream signing for them, eh? Yeah. That's pretty much unheard of now, Daisy. Well, man, the industry's so different now, bro. Far out. It's, it's like a totally different world now. So two albums down, you had a couple of ARIA nominations or a few ARIA nominations? Yeah. How's the relationship with the guys nowadays? Do you guys still kick it or yeah, we, we still, uh, everyone gone their own separate ways? No, nah, we've, always, we've always kept in touch. You know, we didn't do any, any, any music together, not for many, many years, but as far as um, you know, we'll always be bros. Always, we, we always keep in touch. We always see how, how everyone's going, you know. You know we're, we're all good. You know, we spent a lot of, a lot of our... Um, and for me personally, I was I was growing, you know, I was going from a teenager to a man, you know. So I spent it with the boys. We were in each other's pockets every day for a good four or five years, you know. And and you know, even like before we signed, we were, we were working hard to be something. So we got we got really tight. As I said, we we kind of grew together for a little short period of time, but it was like intense. It was an intense time. So we'll always have that bond, you know. And so, how was the transition? Like, how did you go from culture to? To, the, to your next group or project that I know of, Power. Yeah, we sort of, you know, sort of, you know, culture sort of like run its course, I think, you know, music was changing, you know, I think we, we pretty much, in my opinion, we'd sort of like gone as, as far as we could go at that time. So I was looking mm. for something different and, and, and as well as the other boys were sort of like keen to try other things. So I started working on some solo stuff. And, um, I wanted to start a band and uh, I wanted to I wanted to make reggae. It's probably my, it's probably my, my favourite, you know, my favorite music, really. Yeah, so around around 98, 97, 98, I, I started put the, the wheels in motion to, to get that happen. Mm. And you guys were together for ages too, eh? Yeah. Was it like two albums as well? Yeah, so we, had, we had two albums, about five or six um, separate singles as well. I still jam Coming Home. I was just going to just, just mention Coming Home. Just the, the way that song came about was was pretty crazy right you, you know as a, a writer yourself and a producer yourself that um some songs can take forever and some some songs can just happen just like that coming home with one of those songs it just happened you know i didn't had, didn't really think about it just sort of like the lyrics everything just flowed which is crazy because that's you know still to this day it's definitely our, our, our biggest song let's talk about uh let's talk about your titans <laughs> why are you saying it like a, why, why are you saying it like that man <laughs> let's talk about how they're gonna go this year eh? hey let's talk about your titans <laughs> <laughs> Now nah, you guys got a gun team. You got. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see, bro. I'm a I'm a I'm a Warriors I'm a Warriors Titans fan. Oh, okay, you one of those yeah. guys. Warriors plus another team. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm like it's like this. Like I was Warriors for from when they came in. I always got love for the Warriors always. But initially, I didn't. I wasn't into the Titans. And then I started going to games in about 2014. I think it was maybe maybe 2013. Mm. 
And as you start going to the games, you start developing a bit of a affinity yeah. towards the the club and and the teams and the, and the team and the players and a uh, allegiance. Yeah. And then last year, bro, I went to every game, every home game, and I was like, yeah, I, I, I like this club. Is it good enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who were you barracking for before? Like for in the Winfield Cup? So in the Winfield Cup, I went for um, North Sydney. The Bears, eh? Yeah. Who's in that team? Like Florimo? Yeah, they're Florimo, but I, I went for them because initially, like back in the old days, they had Mark Graham, Clayton Friend, they had Olsen. Yeah, Ols- oh, Olsen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's old school. Yeah, bro. So I always, I always loved North for, for that reason. But I'm just, a, I'm, a, I'm a league fan, bro. Like, I'm, I'm just, I, I love the game. I've always loved the game. So we'll come back to, to nowadays, the J. Thomas going solo. Yeah. How did that all come about? Oh, it's just basically something I've wanted to do for a while, bro. For, for years, really, it's just done. Um, I'm enjoying, um, ever since COVID, obviously, it, you know, I threw, threw a span in the works for everybody. I decided to um, just start focusing on uh, just my, my own stuff, you know, just like my production and, and my writing and just all that hope. So, um, and, you know, I'm, I really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You know, because I've always dabbled. I've always dabbled. With, with production and things like that, and uh, but working with a band for so long, you know, I haven't had to worry about too much about you know using programs and all of that. So I've really been teaching myself again, and so it's just it's been it's been a really uh, enjoyable experience, bro. That I'm, I'm I feel like I'm still still developing, even though I've been in the game for how long. But as I said, um, I feel like I'm still developing as far as uh, a writer mm. and, uh, and a producer. Goes. Never stop growing, eh? Never, bro. Never. That's probably the one thing that keeps. That keeps us making music, eh? Well, definitely keeps me ma- making music. Oh, definitely. Well, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, because you, you, you think, you know, do you ever get that to that, you know, like you'll you, you hear, I don't know how much you go on Spotify or whatever, but just the opportunity of having, like, music at your fingertips. Yeah. Right? And you think you, you know so much about music, but then, like, one artist will open up a whole new door mm. that you didn't even know existed behind that door, you know, of all these other artists and, and, and types of music. Yeah. And, it's like it's just it's um you can never know too much about music and you can ne- definitely mm. not know everything but just when you think you know a lot something another door opens you know and that's the whole like artistic side of music too like everyone has their own yeah. unique um, individual artistry yeah. and what they bring to to music eh? oh, and definitely. that's the kind of thing that that always keeps me a fan of music as well like listening to the same thing over and over again it just kind of you just turn into a grumpy old man who's anti growth anti evolution yeah well, it it's, it evolves it evolves. It just it naturally evolves, you know. So, what's um, future endeavors for Jay Thomas? What do you got in the in the in the bag uh, there, mate? What do you got ready to to open up to the world? Yeah, lots. I've got a lot of music to come. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to do a either an EP or, or or maybe an album. I think the only thing, as you know, with the album is just the, um, the time constraints, putting it all together in one complete, you know, complete thing. But I got yeah. So I'm just sort of like still sussing now that. If I want to do an EP or do an album or just keep doing singles, but either way, I got a lot. I definitely got a lot more uh, music coming. I got a couple of collabs coming up as well. Um, should be pretty soon with a group from New Zealand called NLC. So we uh, wrote a track together. About hopefully, having a new single in uh, February. And, and and apart from that, apart from that, it's really hard to it's hard to plan too far ahead. Just with the world at the moment, I want to do so much and I want to you know playing shows and all this sort of stuff, but. It's really hard, so I'm sort of like just going to focus on again getting more music out. But I really want to play, start playing live as well, playing my, my stuff live. Yeah, but bro, I wanted, I wanted to I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Oh yeah. So as far as um, music, bro. So what, what what sort of music did you grow up on? 
Um, so my dad had like a, a vinyl collection, and all I listened to for like maybe five, six years was his record collection, and it was not what you think it was. <laughs> there was like Neil Diamond in there, um, Diana Ross, uh, Bruce Springsteen. I pretty much he just had those records because they were the only records at the record store at the time. <laughs> So I was brought up in like a whole wide variety of um of music. Actually, the first album that I bought cassette tape was MC Hammer. Please don't hurt him. And my dad threw that tape in the bin. That was uh, that was 1990. Yeah. So I was 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad threw that tape in the bin because he said it had swear words in it. Now, if you listen to the cassette tape, there's like no swear words anywhere. Nah, not Hammer. Nah, that was pretty much my music influence was from my dad. Right. But he wasn't a musician or anything. But, but, but hip-hop would be your... Hip-hop came from, from my cousins, hanging out with my cousins too much. NWA started listening to NWA and Public Enemy because my cousins were listening to it. And even then, I wasn't, like, kind of into yeah. it. I was still more on the Bruce Springsteen, Barbara Streisand <laughs> kind of end of the spectrum. So I was kind of a different kind of upbringing from a lot of Polynesians, I guess. Yeah, but that would have helped to shape you, like, shape you musically. Definitely, man, because I had a... Yeah, yeah, because I had an interest in... Like that, many different types of music that I loved, like the live rock kind of thing. And then I got into reading the back of the vinyls, who produced it and stuff, where it was recorded. And then I try and make a point of like finding out more about those studios and stuff. And, and that was when we actually had to research it. You actually had to. Yeah, bro. You couldn't just Google it, eh? <laughs> no. You, you actually had to go uh, read magazines at the time or, or even go to the library, you know, those what do you call those archives yeah. and i guess my parents were samoan i'm samoan so it was there was always that kind of samoan culture in, in it as well we'd like to sing sing for anything like sing at cricket games uh church sing meetings i don't know every, everything family functions get togethers so there was always that kind of side of my upbringing as well so then uh but but i'm not trying to I'm flip it on you i'm just curious so when so but hip-hop became your became your Thing, eh? Yeah, when I moved to Australia, I was 15. Like uh, when I came to Sydney, the school that I went to, um, it was mostly like Filipinos. And the Filipinos were like really into Wu-Tang. Who else were they listening to? Like that kind of thing. The whole kind of East Coast mob deep and all that kind of stuff. So I was hanging around with these guys. Yeah. And that was when I kind of got into hip hop. Right. Yeah, yeah, and they right. introduced me to uh, Tupac, like I said, Wu-Tang. And then, oh, and okay. then I started listening to lyrics. And I was like, fuck, these guys can string together sentences that are like just crazy and just rhyme like you wouldn't even think was possible. And then some some of the production was like simple as Wu-Tang was like just raw as. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. I've never heard this kind of stuff before. Right, Wu-Tang initially, when I first heard Wu-Tang, I didn't, I didn't get it. Mm. What is this? I didn't, I didn't, it took me a while to like get what was going on. I was just like, this is so loose and boring. Yeah. Because, you know, because I wasn't accustomed to it mm. initially. I owe a lot to my Filipino friends for right. my hip-hop, for my love of hip-hop. What area was that? Mount Druitt. Well, I went to school in um, Blacktown. Oh, yeah. But I was living in Mount Druitt. Yeah. Bro, we could talk for ages, eh? Oh, bro, I, I can talk for you. We'll do another one. We'll do another one. Yeah, yeah. Talk, just talk music. Just talk shit. I've got a um, I've got a wall here, bro. Where I've like just taken a like CD, like just CD album covers. I don't know if yeah. you've seen it on any of my videos. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've like made a wall. And I've just like put up album covers. 
Right, it, it actually is, um, it's so inspiring. Like sometimes I'll be here and I'll be like just freestyling a, a melody or something. And it's worked, bro. Right? When I've looked at something mm. or just seen something out of the corner of my eye and it's given me something. Like I know it sounds crazy, but it's actually, it, it's actually. Uh, no, that's legit, bro. It's actually inspired me just having, just having all of these images in front of me. Yeah. Mm. So just lastly, what do you do for in your free time, bro? Yeah. What do you do to relax or what do you do to kind of um, escape? Yeah, that's a good question. I watch Netflix. <laughs> I go to the beach a lot, bro. I spend a lot of yeah, yeah. I spend a lot of time at the beach. That's my centering place. Uh, if I could be there every day, that's where I'd be. Yeah, just you know, just family. But I like to, I like to be I like to be amongst nature as often as I can. Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like uh, I guess I like spending time on my own a lot. Just on my own thoughts, and especially amongst nature, I find it very inspiring. And it's just, you know, it's, it's time, you know, every, every time, bro, I, I, I see just the, the beauty, just the beauty of the world and the miracle of it, bro. Yeah, it's me, bro. Just, it blows me. I'm not, not a day goes by and I'm not blown away by it. That's a good way to live live your life, eh? Well, it's, well, we are, we are, really. And I think um, it's too, it's easy to get caught up in society, you know, in the system. And if you, you know, it's, not, it's nice to mm. get away from it. Oh, definitely. Mean, bro. Oh, man, it's been good chatting with you or just having you on the podcast. Man, I appreciate it, man. You're giving up your time and, and, your, and your stories, too, eh? Mean stories, man. That's the kind of story that not much people can, can tell, eh? Oh, bro. Our stories for days, bro. <laughs> we'll save those ones over a cold one. Yes, definitely. So check out Jay Thomas on Instagram and Facebook. Stream that music on Spotify for their good reggae vibes. And we'll see you next time on Episode 5. Bye, brother. Thank you, brother. Feels like